Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, you know, we did power rankings yesterday. Um, we, are, we are now moving um, further along into our memorial day celebration is that what we're calling it we have to come up with a name it's the 12 days of memorial day it used to be the 12 days of memorial day now uh, originally intended to be the first 12 days after memorial day then we realized we couldn't do it 12 straight days we also added a day so now we're at 13 days and they're not in order yeah um well, we're going to be talking about AL Silver Sluggers today. <laughs> yeah, that's our about pick. all we know for sure. We have no nothing on the branding, but that's about it. Our picks for um, the AL Silver Sluggers through this point in the season. We've already done AL and NL Gold Gloves, so go check those out. But before we get into that, we have very breaking news that comes out just about 20 minutes ago. The Los Angeles Angels have announced they fired manager Joe Madden. Um, Phil Nevin will take over on an interim basis. Phil Nevin, this is the guy who was the Yankees' third base coach last year. 
And look, the angels are Hunter on. Hunter Renfro's bitch. Sorry? Hunter Renfro's bitch. Okay. Um, the angels are on a terrible stretch of play. They've lost 12 in a row after they get shut out by the Red Sox last night. In, and and um, who was that? A Michael Walker, right? Michael Walker, yep. Michael Walker pitches phenomenal. Um, and I guess this is how they're going to try to stop the skid. They're going to fire Joe Madden. Honestly, I think that this is this is pretty reasonable. He's had a talented roster for quite a long time here and has just not been able to do much with it. Well, let's yeah, let's start with the game here, of course. One nothing loss. Noah Syndigar, you know, you haven't gotten a ton of great starts out of him this year. Four and four. Now with this six innings of one earned ball. He's down to a three six nine. He hasn't been the terrific thing that you were hoping he was going to be to start, but he's been solid, and this was a great performance from him. As a team, as a struggling team, as a good team, you have to capitalize on these instances where your pitchers hand you something that should be an easy win. That's ultimately the difference between the Red Sox in this game and the Angels in this game. Both of them got terrific outings from their pitching staff. Only one of them was able to capitalize on that and find a way to eke out the win. And that was the Red Sox. Good on them for it. That's something, again, that's something that gets instilled in the culture, being able to win, being able to put in, put together winning innings to get to a winning game. And, you know, not everything is on managers. I agree on that. But overall, this is on him because we've now seen this team is playing talent enough to compete for the division, to compete for the World Series. But they need to be consistent and they need to be consistently held to that standard. And he absolutely, he just isn't, he isn't the guy to be doing that right now. I, I feel very clear on that. However, I'm not 100% sure this is the time to do it. What point is there? Is Phil Nevin managing this team going to be better? Is he going to stop the skid immediately? Is he going to even be a culture change? Like, bringing in a guy, I feel like, who's already an internal person doesn't necessarily change the culture as much as you'd like it to as much as you hope to it's just mildly different philosophy and a different person yelling the orders so in my eyes unless there's another uh decision coming here another hiring coming in the next couple weeks which who knows i mean in my head he's not good he's not the future of this organization joe madden but he's not bad enough that I think he needed to be out right now. So unless you have the guy you think is able to win you that World Series coming in the door in the next couple of weeks after the contract stuff is all settled down, then I don't see much point in this. I mean, he takes over in 2020, fails to make an expanded playoff. 2021 just fails to even be 500 with uh, a fully healthy Shohei Otani, you know, having one of the most productive seasons in league history. Uh, a Mike Trout that, uh, you know, uh, barely played for you. And still, I mean, I just, I just feel like that at some point enough is enough. Um, and they're just, what's, what's, ha what's been happening to them the last two weeks is, 
something just straight out of a movie, honestly, because this is this is unbelievable how they've been playing. Now, looking forward, I was joking to you before we got on, oh, it didn't take Joe Girardi long to get a new job. Um, where do you see this team going long-term? If you had to put a finger on it right now, you're the general manager of the Angels. Who is the guy here? Because for me, Girardi's probably my fifth choice. Who's your first choice? Well, again, my first choice is a long shot, but at this point, He's 66 years old. It's only been two years not at the helm of a team, which is a lot better than what the White Sox were going into with Tony La Russa. I'd love to see if we can talk Bruce Bochy out of retirement. I'd love to I'd li- love to see them go there. Um, as far as other other options, I think there's only three options that they could get reasonably mid-season, and that's him. My fourth option would be John Farrell because I think at this point, you know, I'm not sold on him as a like I'm not convinced he's a great manager. Sure. However, like it or not, he's brought a team to the World Series and he's won a World Series. He's also won multiple divisions. So in my eyes, I I think he could definitely he'd be deserving of another run out there if they wanted to go out and get him. You need to go in and try to bring in a proven winner. And the other guy would be Girardi who I'm not 100% thrilled with that choice. Other than that, you know, Mike Schilt, if you could convince San Diego to let him go in the middle of the season, I don't think that's likely. But this offseason, that's something that needs to be talked about. So he's not he, – he's certainly better than being a base coach. More than deserving that. And then my other choice would be Ron Washington out of Atlanta. I mean, you look at the infield that they developed there – Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley. All of a sudden, you have you have three stud infielders in LA, and you have a shortstop position, which is probably your biggest need to fill. And you can go out and get a star if you pay a decent amount of money. Like you can, it's pretty pretty easy to talk a guy into going to LA. I still feel so. Odds are they are going to be walking into next season with a really good infield and he can help them take that next step, I think. And he's also, again, a proven winner, has been on a World Series um, team. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about another result from yesterday's games, Um, and that is what Hunter Green did um, against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, He absolutely shuts them down. He allows a bunt single to the first batter of the game, which was uh, Dalton Varsho. Varsho gets thrown out trying to steal. Um, he retires the next two batters. And from that point on, he does not allow another base runner. So, faces the minimum. This game only goes seven innings um, after rain uh, hits and uh, the game ends up getting rained out after seven. But he goes seven innings, one hit, no runs, no walks, eight strikeouts, and he faces the absolute minimum, 21 batters. Yeah, terrific start. Again, we've seen such great flashes out of this guy. I can't wait to see, you know, when do you think he turns the corner? I mean... Is it a situation where the bat finder is, you know, an actual fastball by the second half of the year? 
and we're looking at a guy who has a ridiculous back half, or is this a year two, year three situation? But, I mean, he's certainly proven that he's got the stuff to be an all-star caliber pitcher, an all-star caliber starter for this Reds team. When do we see it get put into a more consistent light, do you think? I mean, LJ, you think about a guy like Lucas Giolito, who was a very highly touted prospect. Um, 2018, he has a terrible season. 6.13 ERA, allows the most earned runs in the MLB, walks the most hitters in the National League. Um, you could argue he was one of the worst pitchers in the, the league that year. He turns it around and has an all-star performance in 2019 and has, um, in my opinion, gotten better since then. Um, and, you know, I just feel like it takes time with some of these guys. Not every pitcher is going to be a dominant when they first come in. But it's nice to see flashes like we've seen here. Like we saw when... They um, threw the no-hitter and and they lost, like his start against the Dodgers. There's still a lot to like out of um, Hunter Green this year. It's just there's also a lot of these starts that he's had where he's he's absolutely gotten crushed. He's insanely volatile. Yeah, well, again, it's just more – it's a matter of waiting game. It's a matter of maturity, and it will certainly be interesting to follow because there's not much else worth following on that team right now. But that actually does count as a complete game shutout. Um, so, Michael Walker. So now Michael Walker and Hunter Green both throw complete game shutouts. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean, very cool. Like. The question is, Brandon, do you think that really should necessarily count as a complete game shutout? The game is over. I mean, the game is over, but for all intents and purposes, you know. If we're talking about a no-hitter, are they giving him the no-hitter here? Like, yes. I don't know. I just feel, I feel like if you know there's a big difference between knowing a game's going to go seven innings and knowing a game's going to go nine innings and having it end up going seven. Actually, you know what? No, they wouldn't give him the no-hitter because they didn't give it to Madison Bumgarner. Exactly. Um, Last year. Yeah, in my opinion, again, there's just there's something about the fact that if you know you're going only seven innings – there's a lot of strategy based around that you're going to be playing a condensed game a condensed schedule and so having a guy out there for a full seven innings is a lot more impactful than thinking you have to go nine so you're running your your starter a little longer and you know there's just there's a whole different feel to it i'm not exactly in favor of calling this that i respect the outing because i mean at the same time how many pitches did he end up throwing i didn't check um LJ, he threw 87. So he probably doesn't go complete game, but he could theoretically. He absolutely could. He absolutely could. The way he was dealing, he he absolutely could. And so, you know, you're in a situation where, yeah, I'm I'm respecting these numbers because these numbers are elite. These numbers are efficient enough that he could have done it over the full nine innings. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but if we're talking about the letter of the rule, I think the rule kind of needs to be altered a bit. But that's just a thought. LJ, before we get on to um, our AL Silver Sluggers, I'm, I'm going to derail the show here for a minute. Um, oh, I love that. And 
We need to take two minutes to appreciate what Josh Hader has done this season. Um, he's not allowed an earned run in the regular season since last, what was it, July? He's not allowed an earned run since July 28th, 2021 in the regular season. Um, he leads all pitchers this year. In championship win probability added. So, not all these starters that are throwing um, way more innings than he has. He's thrown 17 innings. Yet, the Brewers' chance to win the championship has been most affected by Josh Hader. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, also, has not allowed an earned run yet has only allowed four hits and six walks in the 17 and two-thirds innings he's pitched and um, leads the league in saves. LJ, this guy, basically his entire career has been nothing but just uh, unbelievable. This is Craig Kimbrell-esque. Uh, yeah, Craig Kimbrell-esque is certainly... A way to talk about it, I th- would honestly say it's better because you know the stuff is a completely different ball game than anything we've ever seen out of Craig Kimbrell. And that's not to say his stuff isn't great, but this is possibly some of the best pitches we've ever seen out of a reliever at this age. So this is a completely different beast. We're going to see even moving forward. Brandon, I got to ask now, where are we on the Josh Hader Cy Young train? Because in my eyes, Trevor Rogers isn't going to be able to hold on to him for the lead forever. You're talking about it both tied at 18 saves right now. Past that, there's a big drop off. He's going to be leading saves pretty comfortably at the end of the year. I feel saves, he's going to continue I don't to dominate. Think saves should 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 really matter when it comes to the Cy Young conversation, honestly. Well, if you're the best closer by a wide margin, I'm just saying. Like if you're noticeably better than everyone else in your role. Oh that yeah, does that does count for something, and that's part of how you prove that. In my eyes, if he continues scoreless, if he continues to put up in big moments, he's got to be talked about come September. And this this isn't something like I want to throw. I don't want to throw a reliever in the Cy Young conversation every single year. I'm not trying to say that they have to be like integral in that, but he deserves it at this point. Like there's no fighting in it. Do you remember in 2016, 2016 when um, Zach Britton had that just unbelievable stretch um, in the second half where I believe he didn't allow an earned run from like, was it April? From April 30th through the end of the season, he didn't allow an earned run. Um like that's that's crazy and he didn't win Cy Young Clay Holmes has not allowed an earned run since 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 day actually uh, at this point so you know it I, I don't know it's there's a lot of good relievers um so far this year and it's always hard to throw them in the Cy Young category because how much are they really impacting their their team? You know, I get it. 
Yeah, well, I believe it's time we move on to our silver sluggers. Brandon, I'll tell you, this was kind of refreshing for me because, um, I don't know, it, it, it was refreshing to not care at all about defense and just see who is absolutely raking for a stretch. So let's go on through the um, position by position. I believe we're probably going to both be unanimous. Silver slugger pitcher for the American League goes to Brett Phillips. <laughs> sure. Brett Phillips uh, closely beats out Shohei Otani. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I hadn't even thought that one through. <laughs> Forget, forgetting he exists. Um, Brandon, more so starting at catcher. Who did you decide to go with? It felt like it felt like for a lot of these, it was either very close or not close at all. Now a question for for a catcher because according to the what I'm looking at, only three qualified right now. Yes. Yes. No? Okay. Uh, oh, only three qualified. Uh, three American League. Yes. Yeah, probably. I didn't necessarily I didn't follow it as a hard line. I said I said it to a hundred plate appearances, but everyone I everyone I was looking at was over 150, so that's probably I am going to pick Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, that's a pretty easy choice there, I'd agree. Um has by far been the best hitting catcher in the American League. Um Jose Trevino has also been good, but he doesn't have um 150 plate appearances. Kirk's got five homers, 16 RBIs, a 12.6% walk rate to a 9% strikeout rate as a catcher is, is actually absurd. Um, you look at these other guys, they're all up in the 20% for sure. So um, nice to see uh, Alejandro Kirk doing good. And he's, he's a pretty young guy and to have a over 300 batting average, close to a 400 on base percentage, certainly been a good contributor for Toronto. Yeah, I don't I don't know how a way to talk about this where he isn't there. I mean, that's no disrespect really to Jonah Heim, but I mean I think you know you're talking about a guy walking a lot more, striking out way less, great contact hitter. This one, yeah, it's probably a two, maybe yeah, two horse race, I'd say, for this award so far. Unless somebody really has an incredible stretch here, it's between Kirk and Heim for me. All right. First base. Uh, let's see where we're going here. You know, first base is interesting in the American League League because you have your perennial guys like your Vladdy Juniors, your Jose Abreu's, your Anthony Rizzo's, you know, uh, guys that you're expecting to contribute. But uh, – I think I'm going to give this to Ty France. He's just been easily one of the better, best hitters um, in the league this year. Talking 326 batting average with a 401 on base percentage, uh, a weighted runs created plus of 165. It's been worth 2.1 war and 37 RBIs. He comes through big when Seattle really needs it. And, um, has played in a lot of games too, has not missed really any time, which um, certainly uh, helps a lot. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised by the other names I was really heavily considering. I ultimately did go 
with Ty France here. But, you know, I feel like Luis Arias has to be brought into consideration. He's got a 158 weighted runs created plus over 47 games. Yandy's been dandy for Tampa this year. Um, Yandy's been dandy. Yandy has indeed been dandy. However, no one really, except for maybe a guy like Vladdy, who the rest of the numbers aren't nearly as strong with, comes close to Ty France's eight home runs. No one else in the yeah, there's really no one else touching him on RBIs at 37 right now. This has been a real showing from Ty France to start this year. LJ, Luis Arias in the month of May had a 377 batting average and a 480 on base percentage. Eh, that's okay. 480. Pr- pretty, pretty good. Um, 480. Um, I, I do have to... Um, get out in front of this one and say, I don't think second base was very close, like at all. Um, I ended up giving this one to Jose Altuve. He's slashing 280, 354, 533 this year. 11 home runs, 19 RBIs, three stolen bases. I mean, you look at the guys around him, the only comparably producing player in the American League is Andres Jimenez for Cleveland. He's got a 149 weighted runs created plus right now, but he's only walking 3% of his at-bats. He's got a strikeout rate over 23, and the BABIP is really where he's getting a lot of his production here. You're talking about a 361 batting average on all of his balls in play. With a walk rate like that, you got to expect the BABIP's going to come down at some point this year. Who knows how much? And... I can't necessarily see him being this successful. I can't see him. I could see him being a top 10 second baseman in this league. I could see him being a top 10, top five second baseman in the American league this year, but the second best offensively producing second baseman, or even, I mean, really we should be talking about, does he have potential to be at the top? And I'd have to say no. Yeah. Jose Altuve very quietly and having uh, a phenomenal season um, actually, his best by OPS plus since when he won the MVP back in 2017 um, has been really hitting the ball well. The power is back. Um, and yet just having a great hitting season. I completely agree with LJ. This is a one horse race for the time being. Um, and, you know, Altuve has only played in 40 games, yet his counting stats are just still still way ahead of, of uh, some of these other guys. Well, while we're on the topic of one horse races, let's go ahead and double that uh, third base silver slugger. I mean, you even, th- for, even across the entire league, Brandon, I couldn't hear any of that. Your mic's cutting out again. Uh, I said you – do you think that the third base is a one horse race? I said it's a two horse race. Oh, okay. Okay. I said double it. Um, even, even across the whole league and miles above anybody else. And it's quite interesting to see. I tried my best to take Rafi. I mean, I think we all knew I would. This has been a great contact season. Been, a, a terrific all-around effort for him but when we're talking about a when we're talking about when a guy 
He's in the batter's box. Jose Ramirez is clearly the better man here. 14 home runs, 53 RBIs, seven stolen bases. Oh, that shouldn't really, that's not counting by my logic. Um, either way, I mean, he's just, it's a much stronger overall resume. Yeah, you know, I, I think that this is actually a little bit uh, closer than um, than a lot of people think. Uh, you know, Rafael Devers, his offensive production has really not been that far behind Jose Ramirez. Um, and they're both out to great starts, both on pace to have hopefully somewhere near six or seven war that would be both phenomenal seasons for them um i do go with jose ramirez so lj and i I believe have we agreed on every single one so far yeah i don't think there's much um maybe pitcher field at least yeah (laughs) um yeah and there's not much there's not much disagreement i think overall there's there's a there's a clear definition to it so far but I mean, at least there's at least there's contenders at most of these positions, with the exce- with the exception of second base. There's a lot of guys who can slot in here. LJ- where did you go at shortstop? Oh, yeah, we completely skipped shortstop. Um, we didn't skip it. Shortstop. This is this was hard. This this was actually hard because you have three candidates who have all been exceptionally uh, playing exceptional this year. You have Xander Bogarts, Jeremy Pena, and Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, in terms of games played, is not there, but his counting stats um, certainly uh, are not out of place compared to the other two guys. And uh, I think that's who I'm going to give it to is, is Tim Anderson. Uh, well, who's the, who's the second, who's the third guy in this race? The second guy is obviously Xander Bogarts. Jeremy Pena. Okay. Pena's counting stats are actually somewhat close to Bogarts. Yes. However, with that with that being said, I wouldn't necessarily Tim call their. I like to, all I, that. I think Tim Anderson at this at this point, you're talking five homers, nineteen RBIs, eight stolen bases. Um, a strikeout percentage only at 11.6%, a 356 batting average, a 163 weighted runs created plus, which which leads all these AL shortstops. Uh, Tim Anderson has been fantastic this year. I mean, yeah, he's certainly been fantastic, been good. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm 100% sold on this. The counting stats are right there because do I see him being able to make up that gap? This year, no, I gave it to Xander Bogarts. Frankly, I see a lot, a couple other guys getting into this conversation as well. Boba Shet hasn't done what everyone was expecting Boba Shet to do. I mean, I kind of thought it was getting, he was getting overhyped going into the year, but he certainly has a higher propensity for it than that. I think Carlos Correa has much, Carlos Correa is much more likely to win this award than Tim Anderson is. And I think Wander Franco is well within this race as well especially seeing he's just, you know, he got off to a slow start. He got hurt. There's a little, been a lot of things out of his control starting this year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a big um, rest of the season and especially a big back half. LJ, I will make a, a bet with you that Tim Anderson finishes higher in MVP voting than Carlos Correa. 
Um, well, it depends how we're counting this because there's a decent chance that, for all we know, Carlos Correa might not even be on the Twins to end the year. He might not even be in the National League. He's got to stay with if 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 they're this good right now, why would they ever get rid of him if they're going to make the playoffs? Brandon, we just watched the Los Angeles Angels fire their coach after losing 12 straight. Yeah. I'm saying things can happen. If they're leading the division, he will not be gone. However, if things go south, not saying it will, but it's still in, in play right now, Absolutely. and I want protection towards that. Okay. You know, we can we can work this out in the upcoming days. All I need you to tell me is if he gets traded, it's nullified. That's that's fine. All right. How much are we putting on this? Why are we making this on this show? We're off wasting the, okay. um, more people's time. Left field, I ended up going with Jordan Alvarez. The guy just got a bag, and the guy is going to be getting an outfield silver slugger just because this is the one spot that I actually feel like I can take him out here. Um, 49 games, 16 homers, 34 RBIs, and 35 runs scored. He's he's just been terrific. Yeah. Still plenty of room to improve, too. His counting stats blows these these left fielders in the AL out of the water. Um, a guy that we thought was going to be contending for the award, Joey Gallo, certainly not there. Uh, Jesse Winker, LJ, also, you know, not – me and you really thought he was going to um, have a good season. He's still struggling a little bit, but you look at the expected Woba compared to his actual Woba, you're talking that's 80 points higher. Yeah, and you know it's, and it's deserved. So I mean, it's just a matter of his contact has eluded Jesse Winker this year. He starts making more contact. He starts squaring the ball up a little bit more, and all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who's much better. You're talking about a guy who's currently, without even playing, I think his best ball, 79th percentile expected batting average, uh, 92nd percentile on walk rate. That's how he's still being moderately productive for this team i see big big things coming up in this back half for him like these numbers have to balance out at some point he's probably not going to be the 300 hitter that you're expecting him to be he's not going to be the 300 hitter that he could easily be next year but he'll be somewhere around his average all right center field um this is actually quite tough because you have to pick between Judge and Trout. Um, where'd you go here, LJ? I went Aaron Judge. I mean, call me a slave to the moment, but it's just it's not close right now, especially with this run that Trout's gone on this 0 for 30 or whatever it is, has really it, it's tanked his numbers like on like historic levels for him. And so, you know, you're talking about four 40 point difference in batting average. Somehow, the st- still the same on base is amazing, but a 100 point difference in their slugging, an eight home run difference. Like this is, this isn't a very close race right now, and with the way judges played, I don't see it getting any closer. Like because he's just been, he's been so consistent that it's almost sneaky what he's done at this point. Like I feel like I blinked and he went from 13 to 21 homers, and then all of a sudden I realized. No, I didn't blink. He just wasn't like going crazy. He's just having a home run every other game. Like, 
he's just consistently putting together good, really good performances, not great weeks. LJ, you know, you said, oh, Mike Trout, oh, his stats got so tanked. And you're absolutely right. But he still has a 174 way to run straight plus. But oh, his his stats just got just got obliterated. It's it's actually crazy to think about Bamboozled. it. Yeah, Aaron Judge uh, is the pick here. But um, other than Judge and Trout, who you know have been on um, just just a tier above the rest, there's some guys here that have still been putting up some good stats. George Springer. Um, turning it on a little bit, um, finally staying healthy and nice to see that he's being pretty consistent. And that's what he had. He had a given the Astros when healthy, just very consistent play. Um, Cedric Mullins, we haven't seen as much as we've liked um, out of him this year. Um, so that's a guy that I'm kind of looking at to pick it up. But um, and of course, a Byron Buxton, uh, he's he's always solid. So. There's a good crop of center fielders there, and I didn't even bring up Julio Rodriguez, but we've talked enough about him. Absolutely. Um, DH. Right field. Right field. Oh, I already I was looking at the right field stats and assuming we were talking about Judge. My bad. Right field. LJ, it's Kyle Tucker. Oh. Taylor hard, Ward. Brandon. Taylor Ward, I'm sorry. Um, are you are you actually though? Yes, you, I don't think so. I don't believe you. Games. What'd you say? He only played thirty-eight games. He only played thirty-eight games. I mean, he's he's got one hundred and fifty-eight plate appearances. That's not obscenely far off the rest of this group. Either way, he played one hundred and fifty-eight games, and his counting stats are arguably better than Kyle Tucker. He's got as many home runs. In 12 less games, he's got more runs in 12 less games. He's got six less RBIs. All right. That stretch. And for a lot of it, he in for a lot of it, he's been batting leadoff. I'm picking Taylor Ward. <laughs> Kyle Tucker is good, but I, I guess I overlooked some of these counting stats. Kyle Tucker still having a fantastic season. Um, oh, uh, absolutely. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. It's just. He's just a guy on the Astros, that, and another guy that goes under the radar, um, 142 OPS plus. Last year, he had a 148, and he finished 20th in MVP voting, had 5.7 war, already at 2.6 on baseball reference and 2.1 on fan graphs. So uh, just a really solid season for him. But, yeah, uh, Taylor Ward, when, when he qualifies – for all the leaderboards, he always leads in like on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, all that stuff. But when, but he just has to qualify for them is, is all. And again, I think you're going to see a healthy, you're eventually going to get a healthy Taylor Ward here and he's getting regular playing time every day. Now that's going to turn around. Um, I also think even with 26 RBIs, isn't too shabby for a guy who's played 38 games. He's kind of been screwed over on them a lot when you think the more you think about it because this is a guy who went from the bottom of the order at the beginning of the year started really going off and all of a sudden starts batting leadoff i wish i'm not sure maybe there is a stat here that shows like you know your quality of rbi opportunity but he went from a situation where you're not expected to get a ton of rbis 
to the situation where you're expecting to get the least amount of RBIs and is still putting up a competitive amount of them. All right. Well, on to the DH spot, um, which is honestly pretty easy um, because Jordan Alvarez takes that left field spot. So this paves the way for J.D. Martinez here. Um, LJ certainly seen a lot out of him, but here's what I'll tell you. Um, if you have a three, 300, at least a 300 batting average, at least a 400 on base percentage, and at least a 500 slugging percentage, um, you're doing something right if you've got 300, 400, 500. Um, and J.D. Martinez has done exactly that this year, 358 batting average, 422 on base, and 551 slugging. Um, just been absolutely mashing the ball, mashing the ball. LJ told everybody heading into last year that 2020 was just a fluke, and you were absolutely right. Yeah, I ended up going here with him. This has been a terrific time. I'm going to go even farther here. If you can go 300, 400, and 500 with the dead ball, like this guy's got a thousand OPS with the dead ball. Like that's the, that's the, um, that's a next level type of situation. Like those are the next level players that are able to get into that 400 on base 500 slugging area in this environment. It really shows that something terrific. Obviously I went with JD here as well. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the NL Silver Sluggers. Until then, we'll see you. See you manana. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.